Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast has been sponsored by Audio Mango. Audio Mango is a portable podcast and audio recording studio driven right to your door, offering high caliber audio plus on location post production. Head to www.audiomango.com to see more. Hello and welcome to the Court Case Podcast. This is the second episode of us on tour in interesting locations and today we are live from Lewis Prison in the south of England and we're going to be talking some interesting crime stories for you today. It's me and Sweet Tea. It is. Hello. And here we go. It's all happening right after this. everybody welcome how are you doing sweet tea not too bad how are you i'm pretty good i'm really enjoying this tour we got with audio yeah Mango. it's fun what is it how are you feeling recording this right next to this prison yeah i'm a bit on edge it's a bit creepy won't i know i've tried to get some like relevant stories mm. for this today we've got ones involving criminals we've got related to jeffrey deskovic we've got another wrong conviction story which that probably ties gonna, in well doesn't it yeah it's gonna take up the brolt of the episode today i think so that's gonna be pretty sick cool how are you feeling yeah no not too bad how Good. are you i'm great we're drinking again <laughs> we are drinking we're on the brothers today oh, I love it's this lovely. brother's cider stuff if that's anyone what I recommend yeah hasn't had it it's the nicest tasting cider just we there's still two more flavors that we need to try yes yeah mm. which ones are those oh actually three we need to try honeycomb marshmallow and tutti frutti ah uh, yes okay right I'm gonna dive straight into this first absolutely possibly the most ridiculous headline all I've right. seen all week involves some sort of criminal mm-hmm. you ready for this one mm-hmm Doctor apologises for letting a registered sex offender onto a retreat for sex assault survivors. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What an idiot. If I had a chance to do it all over again, this would not have happened, (laughs) said Dr. Manuela Oano. Oh my God. How does that even happen? This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. It reminds me of that episode of Brass Eye. I don't know. I want to find out. She's running a project trauma support and she says she regrets her decision to allow a registered sex offender to peer mentor <laughs> a group of sexual assault survivors with post-traumatic stress disorder. <sighs> so she was like, oh, I'll get someone that actually committed sexual assaults to mentor these victims. 
God, you just can't make it up. No. What an idiot. Seven female first responders and Canadian force veterans shared their story publicly. They said their trust was violated by Dr. Manuela because she failed to tell them their peer mentor recently had been convicted in two separate cases of sexual assault. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Oh my God. She says, I'm deeply saddened by the compounded hurt and pain that having a registered sex offender as a mentor on our programme for sexual assault survivors would cause for these people. (laughs) I'm glad that he he regrets it though. I know. If I had a chance to do it, oh no, it was a woman that organised this. Oh. Yeah, I know. The more compassionate gender. Apparently. (laughs) Clearly not. If I had a chance to do it all over again, this would not have happened. (laughs) No (laughs) shit. Well, I don't know what to say. I'm glad that she wouldn't do it again, I guess. Apparently this happened after, originally when she was asked about it, she defended her actions and did not apologise. But now she is apologising. Oh, it's one of those, is it? You know those YouTube videos like, oh, you're going to lose all your sponsors if you don't do an apology video. That's basically it. That's basically the case, yeah. Um, She started Project Trauma in 2015 as a suicide prevention programme. So a good cause. Started as a good cause. Um, Then what happened? And then it just went into disaster. (laughs) She said in her Facebook apology. She's fucked up. She now has a code of conduct. She has it now. I thought most businesses needed that from the get-go. Oh, no. It just says it all. Yeah, we fully intend to continue to offer our pro programming as we feel it is unethical to cease our mission that has resonated with so many. <laughs> so, do you ever think you would make that sort of mistake, T? No. No? I don't think, I think it's a pretty easy mistake to make. Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to see another mistake? Well, I don't think someone... This was some, I don't think they were making a mistake, but I think they meant to do this. But do you want to hear another ridiculous one? Yeah, go on. A young man cuts off his grandmother's head and boldly sends it to the police. <gasps> what? Yeah. He cuts off his grandmother's head and sends it to the police. What the fuck? Why? The How? Mur- the murder suspect, according to reports, placed his grandmother's head in a plastic bag before sending it to the police station. Oh. I want to know what, what he did the with the hell? rest of the body, is my question. Why do you want to know that? Oh, you need a you need a drink when you're hearing these stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Upon... That's vile. Yeah, I know. She's like a, a knife and just. We're going to find Go out. At it. Upon oh, his arrival no. at the station with the bag in April, the suspect reportedly asked the officers to open the bag. Police officers on duty could not believe their eyes when they found the freshly That's chopped it. head of the woman, who was later discovered to be the suspect's grandmother. That's disgusting. Is there, is there a motive to this? Um, is there a motive for chopping off your nan's head? It remains unclear for now what motivated it for him to do what he did and whether or not he is in the right frame of mind. Uh, clearly not in the right frame of mind. About, oh, bloody hell, this was in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Apparently they've been having awful stuff the past month. Apparently there was an uh, there was a killing of an 11-year-old... Uh, uh, 11-year-old. 11-year-old boy. Um, in the central region, mm. and uh, which was committed by a 20-year-old student at a high school. Fucking hell. Yep. Um, some heavy stuff. Yep. And there was also a police officer that stabbed someone to death, a farm labourer to death. They're not having a good time in Ghana. It's not the tourist hotspot. Jesus. Yeah, but... Not very nice at all. No. God, if it's it's not bad enough sitting next to a prison and now I'm hearing all these horrible crimes. Have you 
ever like experienced a crime or like something of that caliber been happened to anyone in your immediate family or friends <laughs> yeah, or anything like that? Luckily not. No, because I mean, where we live, I don't think we don't often have crimes of that nature. Nature happening yeah. too much, but um, I mean, obviously there was the stuff in Bogner with uh, the cinema, which that is literally so nothing. That is nothing in comparison uh, well, to that. It's not a gruesome death, but it's like it's not. It's drugs. Okay, and yeah. this is murder. How <laughs> is this any? I was trying to relevance. get somewhat close. Oh. This is one which I'm happy to talk about, okay. which is something that which I find really strange. But this is something that happened in my hometown, okay. and we'll talk about this. Oh, we'll get to the main topic. Is it the woman that was? Okay, I want to paint the picture. Okay, go on, paint the no, picture. I didn't want you to like paint lay it out bitch. right. So wait, right. So I went to school with this young boy. I don't want to say his name, so we're going to call him Marcus. <laughs> it's nowhere near what his name is. It's not even the same first letter, okay. I think. So, I've understood. Carry on. So Marcus and my mum used to walk to school with his mum. Right. So we knew each other fairly well, but we didn't... After primary school, we drifted. Um, I only rarely see him. Sometimes we'll go in the village. Um, about three years ago, his mum walked out of the house and then went missing, wasn't heard from again. Mm. No one, she, no one knew where she w disappeared off the face of the earth. No one knew where she was. Um, she was. That's horrible. There was missing posters up. Everything. She was gone for about a year. Jesus. And um, and you know what? No, we can't say. There's no point in me being anonymous. It was all over the news. We can say it was Helen Slaughter. Was her name? Was the mother's name? And she went missing. And um, she was gone for about a year. And then, I believe. A year and eight months, it was around November, I think, of not last November, the November before, mm. they found her body and it was opposite, it was in the field opposite my house. Yeah. Her body had been laying at the back of that field for a year and eight months. That's disgusting. It's mad that That's someone so can just walk. I don't, I don't know how we she don't died. Know how. We still don't know how, do we? But I don't know if she just went there and just lost the will to live, froze to death in the winter. I don't know. Mm. But she was her body was laying out there for over a year and a half, literally opposite my house. If I, I like, it yeah, was you, it's, it's mad to me. That's that, so horrible. That can happen. And I feel really, obviously, I feel devastated for... Marcus. Their family. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just find it flabbergasting that that was literally, literally outside my window. Yeah. For so long. It's, tra it's tragic to think that. No, it's quite scary, mm. to be honest with you. I can't believe it when you told me that. Yeah. But our main topic for today, which we're going to crack on with, mm -hmm. is some a uh, uh, very famous crime or a very famous court case thing has uh, started crocking up a little bit lately, particularly in Australia. Right. So when you think of Australian people... Mm -hmm. When you ask someone to do like a an impression of an Australian, yeah. what do people normally say? Like shrimps on the Barbie or something. They say that, yeah. They normally say something else as well. They normally go like, "Oh, a dingo ate my baby." I've literally never heard that yeah. before. Well, then you're ridiculous <laughs> because that's been a lot of times. It's in loads of movies. If we, someone does an impression of an Australian, it'll be shrimps on the Barbie, or it'll be a dingo sure. took okay. my baby. Mm -hmm. Dingo's got the baby. 
<laughs> but anyway, now Australians are starting to say, well, hold off a minute. This was a real thing that happened. It was a tragedy. You know, should we be, should we, should that be what the impression of our people is? You know, should it be taken lightly like that? Mm. You know, is that the right thing to do? Which I think, fair enough. You know, when people say, do an impression of someone from Britain, you don't go, okay, governor, Prince Di's just been run over. You don't really do that, do you? So... Uh, no. Because, yeah, well, obviously uh, that was a tragedy, wasn't it? It was a tragedy. She was the people's but... princess, too. Yeah, I, no, I know. <laughs> you said Prince Di. Yeah. It's princess. Oh, yeah. Well, princess, you idiot. Well, princess Di then. That's my confusion. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> well, fair saying. enough. But anyway, the dingo took my baby thing was a real case. It was a wrongful conviction case from the 1980s. And have you ever heard of it? No. You've never heard of it. It spawned a movie, which I brought with me for reference for the cameras, called A Cry in the Dark, which I think is a very chilling name. I like mm. the movie. And it's got Meryl Streep and one of my favourite actors, Sam Neill, on it. She got Oscar nominated for this. Yeah. And I watched it the other day as research, and I understand why she got nominated, because she was fantastic in that. Oh. And I watched... Did she not win? Just um, get nominated. Just got nominated. Oh, fuck. And I... But Meryl Streep has rung, gone on to win <laughs> at least one Oscar, I think, before. <laughs> but I did five pages of research and um, I watched a documentary. Here we and go. And so I'm going to... Because you've never um, heard about it before... No. I want to hear your genuine reaction to this case and the miscarriage of justice and okay. how horrible an event it was. And I want... You know, I want to get your reaction. And also, it's a very famous case. I think it would be interesting to talk about as like a cold case. Well, it's not a cold case, but yeah. we've done previous cases. Absolutely, go. So, this was the biggest criminal case in Australian history when it happened. Right. Okay. Also, one of the things was it was one of the... It was the first case in Australia to have the courtroom broadcast on TV. Really? One of the court cases were on TV, yes. Oh, my God. So, it's a solved case... We know what happened, but there's a lot of people that refuse... There's some people that refuse to believe the verdict still to this day. Yeah. No, it's very cut and dry. So, the victim is a nine-month-old girl called... No, not even nine months, nine-week-old girl called Azaria Chamberlain. Right. This is the victim in this case. And you've got the two parents, Lindy and Michael Chamberlain. They got married in 1969. Now, they were members of this church. Um, it's a Christian church, but it's a slight off-breach of Christian Christianity. And they're called the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, they were a slightly controversial church at the time, but the only reason they were controversial is because they strayed from Christianity a little bit. They weren't like Scientology where you had to pay or it wasn't that culty, really. It was just because they were Christians, but not really. And that's why some people didn't like them. Now, this family, the mum and dad, Lindy and Michael, they had two kids already. They had a first young boy called Aiden, and they had another young boy called uh, Reagan. So they'd already had two. <laughs> Sorry, Aiden. I thought it was Regan or Reagan, but it's Reagan. Oh. Aiden and Reagan. Oh. And um, then they had this little girl, Azaria. Lindy always wanted a girl. She always wanted a little girl for herself. Mm -hmm. She was ecstatic when Azaria was born. She was born on the 11th of June, 1980. So she was over the moon. But the joy was obviously short-lived. 
Yeah. So nine weeks after little Azaria was born, they decide to go on a camping trip. Now, all of them go. They go to a campground near Uluru. Now, you know you know where this is. Do you know Ayers Rock in Australia? That huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. big rock. It's yeah. the biggest rock in the world. So they go to a campground near there. And they're really nice. They arrived on the 16th of August, 1980. The first day was pretty normal. Michael was a bit of a photographer. So he was taking pictures of the kids climbing on the rock and exploring the place and everywhere. And Lindy just hung with little Azaria, the newborn, sort of back at the camp or watching them from afar. Azaria is such a nice name. It's I've not heard that before. a lovely name. Yep. And the name comes into the case a bit as well. Oh, okay. But it is a lovely name, Azaria. Um, so... At the night, on the night of the first day, there was a barbecue at the campground. So the Chamberlains were gathered with all of the families. They were meeting each other. They made friends with some other families that were there and they were all sort of having a barbecue together. The Chamberlains chat with another couple called Greg and Sally Lowe. They're also there with their one child that they've also got. They've got a tent and their chain. Um, at 8 p.m., Sally would go on to say that she headed to the bins to put some rubbish away and she noticed a dingo behind her. So this is the other couple, Sally. So she goes to put some bins away, she notices a dingo. You know what a dingo is? Not really, explain it. A dingo is a wild dog in Australia. Oh, okay. So they're sort of brownie coloured. They're probably about the same size as a, like your dog, a German Shepherd, maybe a tiny bit smaller. Right. Um, but they're sort of, yeah, they're like a wild dog, basically. Got it. The closest we've got is maybe a fox, but they're definitely big than foxes. They're about German Shepherd size. Um, So, um, she went to, Sally went to put the rubbish away, she noticed a dingo. Now, dingoes at the time, before this case, dingoes at the time had the reputation of being fairly shy and timid and they wouldn't normally attack people. Yeah. That's the reputation that those animals had. Mm -hmm. So, at the same time, as Sally's taking this rubbish at the barbecue, Mike and one of his sons, Michael Chamberlain, are throwing food to a dingo by the barbecue and Lindy notices and asks them to not encourage the animals. Right. And um, Lindy decides to put Azaria to bed at the back of the tent and returns to the barbecue. Now, in the tent is the other son, Reagan. He is also asleep in the tent at the same time. Got it. So... Then, after what happens here, two narratives form of the case. One is absolutely true. The other, we will get to why this narrative is formed, but the one I'm going to tell you now is what happened and what actually happened. Right. So, after Lindy puts Azaria to bed in the tent, with Reagan in the tent, um, that she goes back briefly to join everyone else at the barbecue and then she hears crying coming from the tent, literally just a few minutes later. She goes to check and she sees a dingo leaving outside the back of her tent and she sees blood everywhere outside of the tent and she sees dingo tracks leaving the tent, right? She runs from the tent screaming, my God, my God, the dingo has got my baby. And the campsite springs into action. 300 people, the baby's no longer in the tent. A dingo oh. has run off with her baby. So there's two babies in the tent, but he only took... Well, there was a four-year-old asleep. Oh, and there right. was a, obviously a young, nine-week-old... Yeah, exactly. ...week baby. Yeah. yeah, and so the dingo had made off with this baby. She runs back. There's blood everywhere. She says, a dingo's got my baby. So the campsite springs into action. 300 people that, that are around the camp come in to help them. They form a chain along so they all link hands and walk across where the dingoes run off to so they don't miss anything mm-hmm. to try and look for for this baby now 
police officer then shows up. His name is Frank Morris. He's the first officer on the scene. Okay? Right. He notices blood on a rug in the tent and he notices paw prints leading away from the tent. Yep. Now, the tent was never properly examined nor properly photographed. All people had to go on was the word of the policeman versus the word of Lindy Chamberlain. Right. So no one took fo- thought to take That's photos so of the tent. Yeah, exactly. They got some, on the night, they got some Aboriginal trackers. Now, Aboriginal and native mm-hmm. Australians that lived off the land there to track the dingo prints and they tracked the dingo prints until they couldn't track them anymore. Now, they noticed drag marks on the sand and some shallow dips as if the dingo was dragging something with its mouth, clearly the baby. Yeah. And they also found some impressions in the sand as if he had dropped the baby to take a breather, then pick it up and keep on dragging. Oh, my God. So there was proof from the tracks that the dingo was taking the baby, yeah. Um, Now, after that, the four, and also one thing was the imprints in the sand, they had the impressions of a knitted garment. So it was clothes, like the baby's yeah, clothes yeah. in the okay. impressions. Now, there was four officers assigned to the case the day after this all happened. Now, some officers accepted the Chamberlain's versions of events, but one officer that was there, John Lincoln, did not. He refused to believe that a shy, timid dingo could carry a 10-pound baby away. Right. And um, so even after an officer pointed out that there had been other attacks in the area around the same time, none of them fatal, yeah. but there have been other attacks, he was like, no, they're shy, timid dingoes. They're no, they haven't Not gonna, yeah, that hasn't even happened. Even though there's blood all over the tent and there's dingo tracks yeah. running away from the tent. So, but dingoes can be brave when in search of food, like you can see like foxes can be as well. Hmm. But since 2001, there have been over 98 dingo attacks recorded in Australia. So it's not too rare now. Mm. Um, now, on the 24th of August, a tourist visits Ayers Rock again. Yeah. And he spots clothes resting on a boulder, baby's clothes. Right. A torn nappy and a jumpsuit. Now, Frank Morris, the first policeman yeah. that was there, he came and collected them. They were three miles away from where Azaria went missing. So they were baby's clothes. Now, all of Azaria's clothes were there on that boulder except this one knitted jacket that she was wearing over the jumpsuit, right. which this becomes really key to the case. Yeah. The fact that the knitted jumpsuit is not there. It's not the there, knitted, yeah. The uh, jumper's not there. Yeah, yeah. So all there was was the jumpers and the nappies. And Lindy insisted that Azaria was wearing this knitted jacket over those when she went missing. Yeah. Now, Frank picked up the clothes before taking pictures of them. Now, if you visit a crime scene, you've you got to, to take t- yeah. pictures first. If and what so, is this Frank doing? Yeah, God's I know sake. he was an idiot. And basically, now that he picked them up first, the photos that he's taken cannot be used as evidence yeah. because it's a tampered crime scene. Yeah. So that's fucking stupid. Now, from here, the case takes a strange turn. You know you've watched those documentaries on Netflix like Trial by Media and stuff. Mm-hmm. When the media gets involved in this case, it becomes fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Now, people analyse everything about the Chamberlain family. They take in their religion, they take in what they were wearing, how they were speaking, Fuck everything. Sake. Now, the media, they did not like Chamberlain's, the Chamberlain's religion, as I said earlier. Yeah. They didn't like there was an offshoot of Christianity and stuff. And so the media began to... 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To paint the picture that Mike and Lindy were part of a cult that believed in child sacrifice and that they'd gone to Uluru to sacrifice their child. Holy is one shit. of the things that was painted, yeah. And, uh, but the thing was that like everyone they interviewed everyone that was at the camp and they all corroborated Lindy's stories they all said that that was what was happened but people who knew the family some people started tried to start rumors and it just sort of went overblown now another thing that happened which is what I said earlier about her name is what the media decided to make up a lie that the name Azaria means sacrifice in the wilderness does it though no it does not right it actually means help of God. Ugh. Just a standard sort of Christian name. So that was something that got spread. And so people started painting the narrative that they had gone there to sacrifice their child. Yeah. They even said stuff like all of the pictures of Lindy, she's wearing dark clothes. That means she's like a human sacrifice or whatever. Oh Stupid. my God. Yeah. And As if they're not already going through enough. Yeah. Everything this couple did was watched and analyzed by the media and the general public. Yeah. Now, in February 1981, the coroner concludes on live TV. So like I said, this was the first part of its kind in Australia. I don't know about the world, but definitely Australia, mm -hmm. that they um, put this on TV. But the coroner, so the guy who sort of sums up the case and decides everything, he said that, the, that a dingo killed baby Azaria. He confirmed that. But he concluded this, he concluded this despite there being no physical body to actually examine. But of course there wasn't one because the dingo took it. But all of the evidence with the... Leads up to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he also concluded that after the attack, 
He said that the body was taken from the possession of the dingo and disposed of by an unknown method by a person names unknown. So he's concluded that a dingo has taken the baby, but a person took the dingo away, took the baby away from the dingo and put buried the body somewhere else. What? I don't know why he's come to this conclusion, but that's the conclusion that he came to. But during the coroner's report, this man was extremely critical of the police investigation. He said he blamed everything on the police. He blamed everything on the fact that he tampered with the thing seen at the boulder, yeah. that he didn't take pictures of the tent. He yeah. said that the whole um, investigation was shoddy. It was ridiculous. It should not have been treated this way. Now... After this, the media went nuts and the police tried to do damage control. They were getting an awful rep after what the coroner said. So they wanted to, the police decided that they wanted to shift the blame onto someone else. So they decided to create a new task force and reopen the investigation again. And they wanted to prove that Lindy was guilty of killing her child. <gasps> Oh, my God. So this investigation, what was awful about this investigation was they were not out to prove the truth. They were out to prove that she was guilty. So if you have tunnel vision on one thing, you are going to find stuff to fit that one thing, yeah, no matter what it is. Absolutely. So what happened next was um, they, they came up with a theory that this is the second narrative, mm. so that after she put Azari to bed, she didn't actually take her to the tent. Their theory is that they shoot, she took her to the car where she slit the baby's throat, <gasps> which they are proving by this V-shaped cut on the um, jumpsuit, which is from a dingo, but they're saying that it's from scissors. Right? And then they said that Lindy returned later to bury the body and put the clothes on the boulder as a decoy, which fits with what the coroner said about someone taking it from a dingo. So they are using what the coroner has said to fit their narrative that Lindy killed her baby. Right. Which also, they don't even have a motive because Lindy loved her daughter and she was desperate for a kid. Yeah. There's no reason why she would kill this child. Yeah, no, there isn't. Yeah, so... The couple also had no criminal record and no record of mental illness before this either. Mm. So they were straight-laced, normal family, no violence, no nothing. So, but the thing is, what was strange is, like, if they painted it as an accident, then they could, you know, it might have seen a bit more believable. But they were painting it as a brutal murder yeah. that she went in and killed her cold blood. Fuck's sake. So, September 1981, the task force re-interviews all of the witnesses and they raid the Chamberlain's house, they seize loads of boxes from their house and they seize their car. Now, the forensics team finds traces of blood in the car and they find traces of this thing called fetal hemoglobin. Now, fetal hemoglobin is a sort of chemical, it's a thing that appears in babies in baby's blood um, up until you're a certain few months or like a couple years old, then you won't have any more fetal hemoglobin, but babies have that. And they found traces of this hemoglobin in the car. But the thing is, you can't just get this fetal hemoglobin from blood. You can get it from kids' saliva, from right. baby's snot, from yeah. baby's vomit, anything okay, yeah, yeah. that comes out of baby's body will have this in it. But they used this to say that it was blood and that she was killed and bled out in the car because this fetal hemoglobin was in the car. 
that oh, this basically yeah. confirms it. And they also found a handprint on the jumpsuit, which they are saying belonged to Lindy. So in December of that year, a second inquest was ordered. And in February 1982, Lindy is charged with the murder of her <gasps> daughter. And Michael is charged as an accessory to the murder. This was also broadcast on TV. Oh, my God. And, it, um, and a massive court case ensues. Now, the prosecution argues that Lindy killed Azaria and tried to make it look like a dingo attack. And Lindy kept insisting that her baby was wearing this jacket and that the because one of their arguments was that there's no saliva on the jumpsuit. There's yeah. no saliva. And she, yeah. she was wearing a jacket that would have absorbed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the jacket's not been found. Fuck. When asked why there was no dingo saliva on the jumpsuit, I just said that. I've just reread my notes. <laughs> so the prosecution is saying that this jacket did not exist. Now, in October, October 1982, Lindsay is sentenced to life imprisonment without parole for the murder of her daughter. And that Mike she didn't is given, commit. Yeah, and Mike is given a three-year suspended sentence, which means it's a sentence where you've got to stay at home because they're two kids. Yeah, They course. said that he can have a suspended sentence. All right. Now, this is all despite the fact that the evidence was circumstantial. They still don't have a mm -hmm. body. They don't have a motive. Mm -hmm. It's the most ridiculous Case, verdict yeah. ever. Um, I watched the movie... And also, apparently, this was on the live inquests. Thing, the judge, who obviously, it's not the judge's choice, it's the jury's choice. Yeah. But when they came in and gave a guilty verdict, the judge literally, he went, I'm sorry, you're like, you're guilty. Like, this is what the jury said. Apparently, he uh, was really apologetic. Like, he knew that it was fucked. And he was like, you've got life in prison. Oh uh, which is awful. And... Um, so, what would also was fucked as well was, like, Sally Lowe, who was at the campsite, she heard the baby crying after Lindy put her to bed. So, the narrative doesn't even yeah. work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if she had killed the baby, she wouldn't have heard anything when Lindy yeah. came back to camp. So, it doesn't make sense. And also, apparently, when they re-interviewed the witnesses, a camper had said that he had heard a growl from the tent. So, there was a dingo in there. And all of the campers still support the Chamberlains That's to this good, day. That's good. But the police K didn't yeah, care, they didn't about, care that. about that. Um, also, the blood in the cat of tent, that doesn't match the car theory, because mm. why would there be blood in the tent? Mm -hmm. uh, there was canine hair in the tent and on the jumpsuit. Canine is dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, so the Australian media have a field day when Lindy goes to prison, and the, but the story never really fades away from public interest. And I'm on my last page here. Oh my god, getting through them. The country has split opinion. There's people think she's innocent. There's people think she doesn't. Lindy has a second daughter in prison. She's pregnant when she gets the verdict. And now um, she has a second kid while she's in prison, which is obviously very sad. And um, she was, she never cracked under the, this was the thing about Lindy as well, is she was one of these women or one of these people that... She must have been pregnant before she went into prison. She was, then. yeah. She oh, was okay. pregnant before she was sentenced. And um, she was one of these people that... Um, she was very emotionless. She didn't give her emotions away. She was very cool. She was very composed. Mm -hmm. And so 
when people saw that in the media, she thought that looked like a guilty person. But when she was talking to her lawyers, she was like, I'm never going to win. If I start getting emotional in court, they will say I'm being melodramatic and I'm hiding something. If I'm too emotionless, they'll say that I'm a cold-hearted killer. Yeah. She's like, there's no way I'm going to win. The media will paint me bad either way. Yeah. So that is why there was so much split opinion, opinion on her. And Michael wasn't judged as much. But, I mean, I don't know if it's because he was just accessory to it or because yeah. Lindy was a woman. But they obviously, they judged her with a fine bloody tooth comb. Um, she appealed multiple times while she was in prison, but she was denied every time. <laughs> but then on the 2nd of February 1986, this was three years after she was sentenced to life in prison, the case is blown wide open. And something mad happens that changes it all. Right, right? okay. I'm intrigued. So, what is it? A British backpacker decides to whoop, climb... Whoop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, if this guy didn't do what he did, Lindy would probably be in prison right now yeah. still. Okay. He was climbing Ayers Rock and he fell to his death. <gasps> yeah, he died. And the police searched for his body for eight days around Ayers Rock. And in this search, they found something extremely important. The jumper? Yeah, they they f literally meters away from this guy's body, they came across a white knitted knitted jacket. Naked. <laughs> yeah, meters away from this guy's body, they find a white knitted jacket that belonged to a baby. Yeah, and it was really really close to a dingo's nest. So this was the jacket. Yeah, it was Azaria Chamberlain's jacket that Lindy insisted she was wearing when the Dingo took the baby. And so Lindy is released from jail six days later, pending an investigation. The blood found in the car, this is the most ridiculous one. They got Quick more question. people in. Yes. So she was pregnant, she had a baby in prison. Does that mm -hmm. baby then get taken to the home? It, what it happens? got taken to, she got an hour with the baby and then it was taken, Michael was there and then Michael took it home and had to stay home. So she hasn't seen that baby for three years? Yeah. Fucking uh, they've hell. Like, um, they've done like visits. Visits, stuff, yeah, and that's she's nothing. like waved to each other from outside the prison. That's what happened in the movie anyway. Jesus Christ. It's really sad. But she's released from jail six days later. There's a reinvestigation. They get some more forensic people in who find that the blood found in the car turned out to be chocolate milkshake. <gasps> yeah, it was that out of order. Oh my fucking yeah. God. And in September 1986, the Chamberlains are awarded $1.6 million in damages, but that was barely enough to cover their court costs. Was it? So they basically didn't get anything. Um, there was no public apology, and not long afterwards, Lindy and Mike get a divorce. <gasps> no! Yeah, it ruined their marriage, and um, it just... This whole thing ruined everything, everything. for them. Yeah. yeah. It ruined their marriage. It, they lost their baby and um, it took 32 years in November 2012 it took 32 years for Azaria's Chamberlain's death certificate to be changed to Dingo Attack she kept fighting for that for years and it was until 2012 but it was yeah it was a pretty ridiculous um, story hell. can you imagine being dragged through that that's horrible. Yeah.
Have you got any questions? No, I mean, pretty much had the full notes and answered everything. I painted a picture. Yeah, you did. I feel so bad for the mother. Mm. Awful. And I'm gutted that they had a divorce over it all. Yeah, I know. That, that really sucks. He... I hate things like that because like, you want them to, you need, they need to be together to get through it together and it ends up breaking Which they them. they did because, I mean, the movie is apparently fairly accurate to what happened. Mm. I mean, I was watching it, the husband was really supportive and there was one scene where I thought it was really good acting from him where basically because they're a fairly Christian family, so um, he was doing a lot of the work and she was looking after the baby from home. Like a few weeks after they came back from Ayers Rock, he like breaks down crying for me. It's like, I didn't even have time to get to know her like and stuff. And he was like, really sad. He was like, I really wish that I'd have been in her life more. And it was really sad. And um, yeah, it was really good. I recommend you watch this. Yeah. It's actually a really good film. I do really like courtroom like movies. Mm. But, um, do they do an Australian accent in it? They do. Meryl Streep does a bang on Australian really? accent. It's fantastic, yeah. Wow. She's very good. She's Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, he is from New Zealand, so it's not too much oh. stretch for him to do an Australian <laughs> yeah. accent. But um, but no, I just I can't imagine, imagine what it's like. And also the media and the public judging your every move. Fucking hell. And stuff. And like what you wear and how you act and what you, where you live. It's just that like... That was the thing. The fact that she put makeup on and wore like smart dresses to court that was got got her judged on. They're like, clearly she's not a grieving person. She should be looking dishevelled and like just... In joggers and a jumper. Exactly, like, yeah. fuck off. So it's like, it's completely screwed. Bless her. Yeah, but that was another... Well, she probably doesn't even have a normal life after that either. He is now sadly dead. He died in 2017 of leukemia. Right. She remarried. Oh, okay. So That's she's great. got a new husband. Um, I don't know about the. I don't know about the kids. Yeah. I know that the obviously the it was another girl that she had yeah, yeah. was in prison. The baby was a girl, and she's grown up. And I think she did a documentary where she visited Ayers Rock and stuff and talked about it. Whoa. But um, she's written a book about it as well. I'm pretty sure. But I recommend this movie to anyone. So that is interesting. Interested. But it's yeah, it's one of the worst miscarriages of justice I think I've ever. seen. I mean, yeah. Jeffrey Deskovic's oh, bad but that was as well. awful too. But at least his one probably didn't have countrywide like media attention. Well, yeah, like, we didn't know about of, it. Yeah, so all of Australia was talking about this one and the world. It's great yeah. world as well. And now people are much more serious about dingo attacks and things as mm. well like that. Luckily. Who would have thought it? Hey. A dog actually ate someone's baby. If they're hungry, they're hungry. I, I am suppose. intrigued, though, to how the other clothes ended up on that rock then. Well, I, um, the only thing I think is Unless obviously... Unless it was dropped on the way and someone just put it there. No, what I would think is I, it was, it, I don't think it was a big boulder. It was just sort of a rock quite low to the ground. I would assume the dingo got up on the rock with the baby, tore off, tore its clothes off of it... And, you know, did what it wanted to do. Mm. Fucking hell. Yeah. What I've... I wonder why as well. What, why the dingo did it? Yeah. It was hungry. Yeah, I know, but, like, there was two options there. Oh, well, yeah, but, I mean, the baby was so young and weak and stuff. A four-year-old boy, its bones are a bit stronger, it's a bit more You think active. they're that clever to know that? Yeah. I do. Really? Uh, yeah, animals will know which one's weak and which one's not. Definitely. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's so scary. Yeah, I know. 
But um, there's been a few, there was a dingo attack recently in the news. Actually, What's it was there? literally two weeks ago. Um, a, so they're quite scary, vicious animals. They then. can be. Yeah, they a, a baby was airlifted to hospital in a helicopter <gasps> because a dingo took the baby, and the husband ran after it and managed to catch up with it and rip the baby out of the dingo's jaws. Fucking hell! And airlifted the baby's okay. The baby's alive, but it's got like really deep marks <gasps> and everything. And um, oh my god! Yeah. Well, it's the same dingo. <laughs> I doubt it's the same dingo. This is back in like 1980. <laughs> but th- that's one thing as well. Imagine being the husband or well, the father in that situation. You get situations like this where you just, you're not even thinking. Fight or flight, innit? Yeah. What's the thing where, like, in certain situations, you can lift more than you think you can because it's like a life or death situation. There's oh, a I name for that. Yeah, I don't know. But that's what it would be. He probably is running much faster and just than he normally can because it's literally life or death. And he's like, I've got to get that. Imagine, I'd be, once that baby's alive, I would be, well, the baby is alive yeah. right now. But as the father, I'd be like, I'm pretty proud of myself there. <laughs> I went and tore. I don't think he has time to sit there and be proud my of himself. Baby from a dinger. I think he's probably thinking, what a fucking messy situation. Yeah. Like, you just don't think something like that is going to happen to someone. Like they're going out on a nice family camping trip. Next thing you know, your baby's dead. Next thing you know, mm. you're in prison and everyone hates you. Like, what the fuck? One thing that I was thinking about as well when I was watching the movie and stuff. Imagine if you're one of these other campers that was there. Say you're Sally and Greg Lowe, the mm. couple they're made with. You're sat watching it on TV and you're watching them committing this Lindy murder and stuff. You're sat there like, what is going on? I was there. I was there with the police. Yeah. Like, we saw it happen. I'd be like, I'd feel like helpless and yeah. it'd be so weird. And... um Yes, I don't nice. know why in like American Australia these things can be broadcast on TV, but in England they're not. I don't know. But who knows? Dingoes can't go to prison though. No, annoyingly. But those the people that the people that went out, the policemen that went out specifically to make sure she was guilty, they should be in prison. Oh, absolutely. Because it's about seeking the truth. Yeah. It's not. And he touched stuff without taking photos of it and that literally ruined the whole evidence to the yeah. case. They claimed chocolate milk was blood. Fucking hell, yeah. That's ridiculous. Awful. I can't believe that. Yeah. What a mad story. I know. It's mental. I'm glad that she got out, though. That would have been the worst. Yes, I'm glad she's okay. She's uh, she's good. and she got remarried. That's amazing. She did a happy ending. I don't know who the new husband is, but I think that's a mad case. And if anyone else has any topics like that, they would like us to cover in the future and discuss. Sweet tea mostly has not heard of anything. <laughs> so if you bring a story to her, she won't have heard of it. So you'll get that's a blank so reaction I've, every time. Yeah, I hardly watch any. I hardly watched any TV shows. <laughs> Don't really know. I didn't even know what a bloody dingo was. Oh my god, yeah. I I should have been more surprised at that. But like I've heard of it, but I just I just I've never like I I couldn't tell you what it looks like. Oh, okay, fair. Should we end this episode with a with a bit of more of an Absolutely. uplifting story? Absolutely. So the headline of this is Monster Duck, right? So this paralyzed duck, it was paralyzed because of a fox attack, but it learns to waddle again thanks to a monster quad wheelchair. Now I've got a picture here. Oh my god, that's so cute. Bless. He's got a little monster giant and he's so happy. Oh, bless. Look at his little smile. I love that. He's called Kiwi the Duck. 
and he was paralysed in a fox attack, but is learning to waddle again oh. with a souped-up monster quad wheelchair. You have to screenshot that so we can post it when we release this episode, oh, so everyone definitely. knows what we're on about. Yeah, go screen grab that now. Oh. I mean, I've got it on the video. Yeah, but if we don't post the video, check out the story. We've got yeah. the photo on there. When she first came to the sanctuary, we weren't really sure if she could ever walk again or have any oh. quality of life at all. Ducks love water, so we decided to put her into a bath to see if she had any use of her legs. This is what I mean. Compare it to last week's story about the YouTubers that put their dog down because of one nip. A lot of people yeah. would see this duck that was gravely injured yeah. and they would just like, just put it out of its misery. Yeah. They've gone, nah, let's we can give this fucking, duck a lie. Let's make him a, a car or whatever yeah. it is. But Great. that's fantastic. I think that's a nice sort of healthy thing to end the show on. Absolutely. Nice good note. Have you enjoyed this episode? You found it interesting? Yeah, no, definitely. I've learned, I learned a lot. It's pretty mad talking about all these spooky. things outside of the prison. Very spooky. It's literally like a movie. You've got like crows going <laughs> around the towers and... Um, bars on the windows. Bars on the windows. <sighs> yeah. How cool would it be if we just watched someone escape? Oh, yeah, that'd be wicked, James. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Live broadcasting. Someone escaping the prison. But anyway... Please follow us on our socials at Court Case Podcast. We post every day. Go on our website, courtcasepodcast.com. Mm -hmm. And we will join you guys next week for the third and final episode on tour. of our tour. Yeah, this was a bit more of an educational one, wasn't this it? This was a bit more educational. We're going to get some fun. We've got some more Court and James. We've got some funny stories planned for the next Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Join us then next week, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.